Business Tech Weekly podcast episode number 34. Entertaining, educational, and encouraging content that makes a difference. This is GSPN.TV. Join the community. everybody and welcome back to another episode of Business Tech Weekly. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft. And my name is Andy Traub. We're here each and every week, my friends, to give you the latest and greatest in all the world of technology as it relates to you, the small to medium-sized business owner who's looking to become more proficient, more productive, more profitable through the use of technology. James is in our chat room, Andy, and he says, oh, my goodness, finally, I saw you mess up after only two months. <laughs> All I got to say is he's just not watching enough, is he? Yeah, you are not paying attention. My not friend, paying Cliff's, attention. This messes up all the time, but uh, that's the power of editing and starting over. And um, it's OK. We, we, uh, Cliff, one of the reasons you're endearing to your audience is because you mess up. We, we like people who mess up every once in a while. Yeah. Just not too much. Not too much. So, you yeah. know, the, the coolest thing in the world happened. Um, we, we had everybody in town for the lost finale party. Oh, wow. I want to, yeah. Tell me, tell me a little bit about that. I, uh, well, followed I'll, it on Twitter, but. Well, I'll tell you what, let, I'll take, check this out. The coolest things in the world. And, and I, and I really feel bad for those of you who listen to every single episode. Cause you're going to hear a bunch of this stuff over and over again. <laughs> and, and you'll That's just, short. you'll get used to that. I promise. Uh, but seriously, there are a couple things that happened in my life that I just get so doggone excited about, you know? And we, I think I told you guys, uh, two weeks ago or stuff like that, that we were, we had gotten some press. Did we mention the fact that I was in the associated press and stuff like that? Yeah, I took a screenshot, Cliff. Oh, I that's think, right. I did too, yeah, yeah. On my yeah. iPad, of you being the number one story on the AP Entertainment section Ex- on my iPad app. So. Exactly. And well, I'll tell you what. So, so we got the Associated Press that even got us into like Business Week and just all kinds of wild and crazy cool. places, uh, yeah. things that I never thought I'd be in. But it was pretty cool to be there. Uh, then we made the front page of the Cincinnati and Kentucky Enquirer, both here in the Cincinnati area. Now those are like real inquire, like real newspapers. These are yeah, by the word inquirer. Yeah, the, the, this <laughs> is a negative connotation. That's yeah, the main the, newspaper. It is the main Cincinnati, Kentucky, Northern Kentucky newspaper, and I'm telling you, we're we're talking above the fold, my friends. It is a big, huge, gigantic photo uh, of me, and it says it says finding a career in Lost. All right, <laughs> so so here we are, Associated Press. And then the local newspaper front page of the entertainment section. And then check this out. I I get this is the local one of the main local radio stations. Kiss 107 FM. Check this out. Um, and who else we got? To, is this Cliff is on the phone? There's a cool like lost watch party. Yeah, the in finale. Northern Kentucky. What, What's tell up, us Cliff? about it, man. Well, we're having a big, huge party at the Hilton Hotel. We actually reserved the entire Bistro 737 restaurant. We're going to start at five o'clock in the evening, have dinner at six, watch the finale all the way through. I guess that's 1130. And at 1205 to 105, we're watching Jimmy Kimmel together. And we got people coming from Belgium and seven different states. <laughs> going to be a lost fans dream okay so where where is it happening again and what time 
It's happening at, well, the doors open at 5 o'clock, and it's at the Hilton Hotel in Florence, Kentucky, and all the details are at gspn.tv slash lostparty. All right, Cliff, thank you very much. All right, so there you go. I was on the morning show, and then, nice. and then Andy, let me tell you, tens of thousands of people, I don't know if there's more, but at, at least several tens of thousands of people in the Cincinnati area who watched Channel 9 WCPO to tune yeah. in to the series finale of Lost. And I'm not kidding you. Immediately after Lost goes on, and of course, I would say that most people probably would tune out, but except that you know you have all these people gathered together in their living rooms watching Lost together with other people, uh, and they did not turn the TV off because, of course, they're waiting at, for the news to go off to watch Jimmy Kimmel. Right after uh-huh. Lost, listen to this. This is awesome right here. Must come to an end, and after six seasons, tonight was the last episode of ABC's hit show Lost. No one was more excited for the series finale and more disappointed for the show's end than diehard fans in Florence tonight. That's where Nine News reporter Adam Marshall is live after people from all over the country gathered to watch that final episode. Adam? Well, Julie, organizers say tonight was a time for fans to get lost in the last episode. As for people here in Florence at the Hilton, they say Lost is much more than just a television show. Cliff Ravenscraft says he's worked for years to connect true Lost fans. Well, my wife and I have been podcasting about the TV show Lost for the last five years, and we have 60,000 subscribers around the world, and we decided to throw a big party and see who would come. While the restaurant inside this Florence Hilton is not packed with hundreds of people, those who did come refer to themselves as diehard Lost fans. And considering fans traveled from Ohio, Indiana, Michigan, Louisiana, and Connecticut, the title rings true. So who traveled the longest to get here for the series finale and last episode of Lost? That would be Winnie Vanbrook from Belgium. I flew into Chicago and it was a nine hour flight and then I met some friends there and we drove down to Cincinnati, which was a six hour car ride. Tonight's party started at five. All right, so the rest is all about the party on Lost. That's great. Dude, let me tell you something, man. You talk about being on top of the world. I was yeah. I was on the and and of course the whole the whole big story in the Cincinnati Enquirer was all about my career in podcasting and the business that I've built around this. So you talk about taking a huge and this is the whole front page of the entertainment section and it's continued on page D4. I'm nice. telling you unbelievable. God has been gracious to me, my friend, and and the the kind of publicity and press that I've gotten over the last 2 weeks is nothing short of you know, just God really pulling some strings and, and putting some things together for us. Well, he made the strings so he could pull them. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's, that's how, uh, that's what I should say. That's what happens when you have a job that aligns with your passion and, you know, fruit comes out of that. And, um, you know, you did a lot, you've done a lot of stuff for free for a lot of years, Cliff, and literally in a lot of ways it's starting to pay off. And, and I hope that some of the things we're going to talk about, uh, you know, today and that we talked about in past shows can help people convince them that, that not everything has to have a price tag to be worth a lot. Um, so well done, my friend. I'm glad you're reaping some of the benefits of uh, your, your years of uh, talking about Lost. Well, thank you very much. And if anybody wants to find out how I got all of that press attention, um, I'm going to be talking a little bit more about that in the Virtual Assistant Podcast over at virtualassistantpodcast.com. 
Hey, I thought you were going to tell him to listen to the last 2,000 episodes you've done. <laughs> five, yeah. Well, if you, you want to know how I've done that, if you want to know how I built that community, if you could just uh, yeah. block off the next nine months of your life and hit play. <laughs> ESPN. Just, just put it on continuous loop, my friends. Uh, go file. Too, so. too funny. So, hey, uh, we've got a great show here, um, you know, talking about all kinds of wonderful things. We got an email from Mark. Do you want to... Do you think we can make it through this email? You want to, you want to take, you know, want to see if you can chew on it or you want us to take turns right. reading it or what do you want to do? <laughs> um, well, let me see here. Let me just take a look at this. Um, yeah, well, yeah, let's just talk about it. I don't think we're going to dive too deep into it. It doesn't uh, fit a lot with the show topic, but you know, I just, I just want to encourage people to write in because we just so appreciate we know people listen and we know how many downloads we have, so on and so forth. But to take the time to sit down and write us an email, uh, we just really appreciate that. So that's uh, feedback at gspn.tv. It's a great place to send those. But uh, I'll, read, uh, I'll read the first couple paragraphs and I'll hand it off to you. How's that? Sounds great, man. All right. Andy and Cliff, I was listening to episode number 32 of Business Tech Weekly Sunday while riding my bike before church. First, let me say this, Andy, your authentic passion for Christ and his followers is awesome giving up the previous week's podcast to help a church and then sharing the story with your listeners is what he was making reference to. Uh, that is one of the top attributes I look for and leaders I follow. I listen to you both, not just for the tech advice you give, but because you are proven leaders of character leaders who are also experts in this subject matter. Thanks. Uh, and then he says, I'm not a plus member yet, even though I can't hardly wait for monthly free episodes of business tech weekly because I'm bootstrapping hardcore and plus membership is not quite in my top 20% of priorities right now. Uh, I hope by the time we've read this, it's moved up. It's, uh, it's worth it. Uh, I'll read this one, then you can pass it on to you. Second, I want to address a comment Andy made about elephants and or the big clients. I'm guessing there are many listeners walking down the same path you are, so this goes for them too. Don't give up on courting them. Why? Because ultimately, you want a client who can pay you what you're worth. You want a client who's willing to invest six figures because the products and service and leadership you provide doesn't just add value, it multiplies value. You want this client because by serving them, you're extending your influence and helpfulness because by helping them, you're helping the thousands of people in their organization. Go ahead. All righty. Uh, ultimately, you want this client because it frees up your time to invest in your most important, most valuable resource, your family, and because it allows you to, be, to help more people in the long term. Term. Uh, if you had one of those big clients, you could spend more time giving away helpful tips and advice. Could you not? Actually, that was a question, so I kind of threw it in there. Anyway, he says, <laughs> I understand your conundrum. I'm on the fence like you are. I want to consult for a certain place and some other places, two of the most <laughs> elite aerospace designers of spacecraft. Uh, on the other hand, I feel like I have to consult with small flight schools down the road because it means I'll have revenue. How much time do and energy should I invest in these small flight schools? I'm not sure I know the answer, but to put perhaps to paraphrase Dan Miller, I need I want to find a client who can I'd rather let's see he says find a client who can buy five thousand of your products in one purchase, not a not five thousand clients who can buy one of your products. Uh, let's see here. Yes, I think it's possible to invest in ourselves in these smaller clients uh, because it allows us to mature, grow, learn, develop as consultants along the way to becoming the consultant for big company. Finally, I think uh, we need a way to analytically measure whether or not we are on course to that goal. 
Archimedes, Dead Creek myth- mathematician, <laughs> said, uh, "Give me a place to stand, and I'll uh, and I shall move the world." He was referring to the use of a lever. I think that you can move the world of a big company if you find a place to stand, a strategic plan, and analytical tools to measure your progress towards that goal. Uh, will help you find that place to stand. Cliff, why did you give up so much work in April? Was there some metric that you used strategically to decide uh, to make the sacrifice? I think you two can charge more and do less. There will be some growing pains in the short term, but but everyone who sacrifices with you, whether it's less of your time or content, will will come out ahead in the long term. Thanks, Mark. The, you know, normally, you know, long emails in my inbox, they kind of just like overwhelm me. But I, yeah. I, I'm thankful for this email. I would have loved it, by the way, Mark, if it was an audio file, if you were to call it in on the voicemail hotline just for reference in the future. But I'm thankful yeah, for it. Yeah, because he sounds a lot better than we do. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And not only that, but I can actually just download the audio file and file it away yeah. versus sitting in my inbox forever. But <laughs> <laughs> anyway... I'm thankful for this because I, I, this is a challenge. You know, there, you know, there's a part of me that wants to work with big clients and stuff like that. There's a part of me that, you know, I really enjoy working for the little guys. And there's even a part of me, Andy, that wishes I didn't have to do as much consulting as I do so that I could focus more time on my content. So Mm -hmm. there, you know, it is, I definitely am on this fence of, you know, what direction am I heading? And, uh, you know, I, in April, to answer his question, in April, I did make a decision to really cut out a lot. And I have been making more money working less. And as a result, I've, I've found a way to work smarter and things are happening. Um, you know, my, my income actually had a little bit of a dip. And but my workload had a major dip. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah. So not to most people, but yes, it makes sense. <laughs> I, I made I made a little bit less money, but I worked a ton less than I've been working. Yeah, beautiful. So it was it was a thing. it was a good trade off for me. And let me just say one other thing, and then I'll see if you have any comments before we move on to the next thing. Uh, yesterday, Andy, I, I you know I'm just I was two days away or two days out returning from everything it took to throw off a to to Uh put on a party attended from people from all over the united states and and as far as belgium all the press leading up to it everything like that i come back i have monday and i have tuesday and of course monday i slept most of the day because i was so tired um and and number one i have a place i have a career where i was able to sleep all day monday worked my Mm -hmm. butt off tuesday and then guess what i did wednesday yesterday all day long what Nothing. You want to know why? Because <laughs> why? I took the day off and I went on an all day long field trip with my 10 year old daughter. Nice. Where'd you guys go? Uh, to the sanitation district. <laughs> nice. But you know what? Tell I, me, tell me you brought your recorder and you did a world according to. I didn't. I did not. But oh, let me, let me tell you something. Classic. You know, I, I, in, in all reality, I had so many emails in my inbox. It did not make sense for me to take the day off. You know, and, and coming back, there's so many pressures, so many things that need to be returned to where I borrowed right. them from and all this other stuff. And Andy, I don't know if you know this, but I'm leaving tomorrow at four o'clock in the afternoon to go on vacation for a three day weekend. Nice. And here it is in between all of this. And what does Cliff do? I take the day off to spend with my 10 year old daughter all day long. It, but isn't that the point? Like I get yes. so confused by people who they, 
I, and I, I love this, and I know so many people like this, so it's sort of sad. Uh, I don't know if that sentence makes sense or not, but uh, I, I love it because it happens all the time, and we just skip past it. But if you're smart enough to stop and, and realize this, there are so many people that spend, and this is a very small point, they spend so much time at work so they can make more money, so they can buy a bigger house that they then can't live in because they're at work so they can afford the house. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's like the hotel room problem. You want to get a nice hotel, but essentially you're just sleeping there. And, you know, I think my, my wife and I have a very reasonable house and we use almost every square inch of it. And every time we think about getting something bigger, we think, you know what? But we don't really, we don't, we don't really need anything bigger. And if it's bigger, then I'd have to work more. And I don't want to work more. I want to work less and spend more time with my family. So, you know, I, it's, it's, uh, it's just encouraging, Cliff, to, to hear that you're reaping the rewards because your work goal is not to work more. It's to help more people and to spend more time with your family. And, and that can be done if you structure your business the right way. And I'm starting to see that myself. So it's, it's fun to be around people that think differently. And Dan Miller, as we both know, is one of those people that definitely thinks differently. And um, you know, he has a, a Wednesday morning men's group with Dave Ramsey and a lot of other really smart guys. And it's just just fun to to be around smart people like that absolutely and and so i i I had to share that because you know we we talk about being the solopreneur and and yesterday i got to reap one of those really awesome benefits and i I didn't have to answer to anybody i I mean literally i I decided you know what i'm taking the day off and i don't need to call in i don't need to email people i it's it's like listen Mm -hmm. i'm I'm done. And and I have a virtual assistant and I said, listen, here are four people I need you to contact. Let them know I'm not available today and I'll try and, and I need you to go ahead and set me something up for Friday afternoon with them. And mm-hmm. and I, I and I walked out the door and carefree and left my Andy, I left my phone behind. No way. <gasps> yep. Intentionally? Or? Intentionally. <laughs> yes, sir. Nice. So nice done. Well, and I want to address uh, quickly and then we'll move on. Uh, you know, his comment about sort of getting the, the, the big fish, if you will, or the elephants, um, you know, and, and I, I don't know if you, recall, if you ever use that term in the insurance world, I know we did, but sort of you can get the client that, that you know, feeds you for six months or get uh, six clients that feed you for a month at a time, right. or more like 60. Um, and and I, I have a friend named John Dale that works with, you know, major publishing companies. He works with Martha Stewart. He, you know, he's a social media strategist. And I would love to do that. You know, he makes ridiculous amounts of money because he's really smart and he worked for six months with Seth Godin in his um, MBA program that he had in New York. And, uh, you know, he's reaping the rewards of that. And, and yes, I would love to to work less and work with bigger companies. But, you know, Cliff, I think you, your testimony to this that for there's a, there is a season of time that you just, you know, you, you work with uh, smaller companies and individuals and, you know, it, those people are important too. I think if you remember that, then the bigger people will take care of themselves. Um, so I, I appreciate his encouragement to keep thinking big. If there's one thing I'm going to take out of an email, it's, you know, don't, don't think small when you're capable of big things. So right. I, I appreciate that. I do. And, and, and there's, there's still a part of me that says no matter how big my clients ever get, I, I'd never want to forget the people who helped me get there. And I always, there's a part of me that always wants to be able to, to, to help that that small business owner, that, that person who needs the help in getting started the way that I got started. Yeah, you know? because it's possible. That's the thing. It's, it's, not, it's not a pipe dream. People can go from 
uh, you know, a hundred dollars a month on a hobby or zero dollars a month on a hobby or to, uh, to a lot. Um, and, and that's, that's what we want to help people. Absolutely. So, So, Hey, what do we have in the, in the form of tech tips, news and updates of the week? Well, a couple small ones and some bigger ones. First is uh, a Google Labs feature. Um, I'll talk about two Google Labs features. And one is that Gmail, and this is so silly, but for the longest time in your Gmail account or your Google Apps account, if you had an attachment to a folder or attachment to your email, if you had a PDF document, it would show a small little PDF symbol, but it was on the far right of the message. Oh, and okay. you know, when, I, when I sort through the messages and I'm looking for one that has an attachment, Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, I'm sort of scanning left to right, left to right, left to right. Well, they have a lab feature that now allows you to move those icons to the left. And so you can see the icon closer to the person who sent you the email. Um, and so, you know, it's a small little tweak, but I added it and it's already helped me as I've sort of scanned through old messages to, uh, you know, find one that had the attachment to it. So what, what is it called? Silly little one. What is it called by the way? Cause I'm in the labs feature now and I'm looking for it. Um, I, I put a link in there. Um, yeah. So, uh, move attachment and other is the. Do you see the the link there for the Gmail blog? I do see the link, but I'm not there. I'm inside of my thing. Okay, I'll look it up <laughs> later. Goodness, you I can call tell me. you. It's not like a. It's not like a. Uh, it's not like a fancy name. They don't come up with clever names for these things. Um, it says move the attachment and other icon column, something like that. So, all right. Um, yeah. Anyway. Can, can I tell you, there is one, uh, move icon column. That's what it's called. There you go. There All right. Go. So I'm enabling now. All right. So now I'm an enabler. Uh, anyway, <laughs> uh, now I want to tell you another one that we, I don't think you've mentioned before. And it's another labs feature and it's called superstars. It's been around forever, but I use it. Oh, Do you use yeah. superstars? You know, I, I did. And then I like, was like, I'm not using this. And then everything became a red exclamation point. And, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yes. People understand when they download it. So tell, tell folks about it, Cliff. All right. So, so superstars, basically in Gmail, you have the ability to star items. Well, you know, what if... That's you, it, though. That's, that's it. it. It's just... just star it, it's star just, and star. You, have, you can have a yellow star or no star. Well, what happens is, what if you have... It's like, okay, well, I have, let's say, more than 100 emails in my inbox, which <laughs> may, may, may or may not be the truth right now. Uh, but anyway, let's just say you have a lot of emails and you're going through, but you, you want to prioritize them. So you can actually put red exclamation points next to things that you want to immediately have done by the end of the next hour. All right. Uh-huh. And then what I can do is I can actually put little, you know, a little green check mark next to one that says, you know what, I've I've got this one responded to. Uh, I've already responded, but I'm waiting for an important response back. Uh, you can there are all kinds of different colors, different shapes and all kinds of fun stuff that yeah. you can do. And it, and here's the deal. You can archive all of these messages, which, number one, gets them out of your inbox and it mm-hmm. keeps them all in your little star tab. You know, so you you nice. click on all the stuff that starred and they're still in there, but it your starred items are now kind of categorized by these, you know, these different color coded items. And so it's very easy yeah. for me to go in and say, you know what, I need to I need to burn through these real quick. So yeah. I love I, that I, little feature. That one's even more powerful because if you go in to adjust them, you can put them in a different order. Mm-hmm. You know, and you can exclude some and include others. I mean, it's really it's really pretty dynamic. It's it's another way. I I use multiple inboxes uh, and labels for most of that 
sort of sorting, but it's just another way that you can sort things within Gmail if you wanted to. And so that's another, that's another very good one for sure. Very cool. And, well, I, and I tell you what, I just, I just enabled move the, uh, the the labels over the icon yeah move the icon over by the to the left and i love it already i i there you go. I, I do i do remember looking to see you know if does this one have an attachment it is kind of funky to have it over on the right so i like yeah. it on the left very cool thank you for that by the way you're welcome all right I'll what's up next uh well the other one is and this is this is i would love some listener feedback on this but i got wind of the google docs being taken the offline capability for Google Docs being taken away. Okay. Um, and I, I, I've just, I've tried to track it down a little bit and I'm kind of confused on it, but literally it was like, it was there one day and then I think that I just saw, sometimes when you open up Gmail or you open up Google Maps or something like that, at the top of it, it'll have like, hey, here's a news brief and then a few days later, it'll be gone. Mm-hmm. And it was one of those things where it's like, hey, if you use offline, we're taking it away. And I don't know if they're taking it away because they're going to bring it back improved, but that was like, like that's huge. It's huge to be able to have offline capabilities. Um, that's one of the things that when I work with clients to move them over to Google, that's one of their biggest concerns is, well, what what happens if my messages are offline? Like, can I still get to them? And the answer has always been yes. Right. Um, so I, I hope that um, I, I you know, wanna, as, I wanna, as ramenoodle.com in here says that they are, um, that they are going to replace it with something else, but it's just sort of scary in the meantime. Right. Well, here, here's the deal. They, it, it, they are retiring Google Gears, uh, and they are going to be bringing back the offline functionality with H, you know, with HTML functional HTML5 functionality. So that is something that is definitely coming back. Uh, and there was a lot of news stories about there. Now I don't know about the official Google blog, but I'm sure that they would have blogged about it there. But I do remember reading that on Mashable and ReadWriteWeb. So nice, but nice. It, but yeah. It, so so just so you know, it is coming back, and I think that there still are some other solutions out there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm not sure. I haven't really bothered with it too much. I, you know, for some reason, I I still very I, I still for the most part rely on the cloud. I mean, the most for me that it's ever been down is usually an hour or two hours. And that's in a very rare case that it's like that. And I kind of just view that as an opportunity for me to go out and go get some fresh air. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that's always the, the funny thing when, when, when Gmail ever goes down and it does, you know, a couple times a year is there's always this huge swing of people saying, Oh my gosh, Oh my gosh, Oh my gosh. And they're panicking. And there's other people going, siesta. Hey, Get outside, people. You know, get off your Dude, Gmail. No doubt. Yeah. All right. So what's next? The other one is Skype five-way video calling. And the reason I think this one's significant is, you know, I have a program on my Mac that I use to record, uh, you know, to have people do a video recording and ends up, after it's produced, looks like we're side-by-side. Yeah. Like a media interview. And I don't know that that is going to implement with this, but I was curious on your thoughts with ScreenFlow, if ScreenFlow would record all five of, you know, obviously they can see folks on my screen, but also the audio, if I could essentially create this little interview with four or five different people and have, you know, because we both use ScreenFlow to, to do our uh, screen capturing. The answer to your um, question is yes, absolutely. Nice. So, right. I don't, so I don't I, think it's available yet, and I, and I don't think it. I think it's getting ready to come out, and when it does come out, I think it's coming to the PC first. 
but you, ha- I would assume you've got parallels or something running where you have boot, you know, where you have uh, Windows mm-hmm. XP running or Windows running in the uh, virtual mm-hmm. machine. So you could install it on your Windows in the virtual mas- machine, and ScreenFlow will still record all of it. So, oh, beauty. So there you beauty. go. There you go. Well, I, I just, you know, again, this is Business Tech Weekly, so we're trying to think of things for business. And I'm just thinking, hey, if you want to have a conference call and you want it to actually work. There's some other solutions for this, but a lot of them I've seen are just a mess. Yeah. Um, so, you know, Skype's a pretty stable service. So, um, Do you find Skype, that you use video a lot? I, I know no, 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 no. Hardly I ever. I don't. I, I no, do a lot of never. conference calls, but it, they're all audio. Yeah, I don't even want to turn my... By I don't want to turn video. If I'm going to be on a conference call, I want to at least start dumping some emails on my inbox during the process. <laughs> Yeah, it's just, you know, for me, and that's why I mentioned interviews, things like that. I've done some interviews and some recordings, but it's actually kind of awkward because I think you'll get people who don't use Skype a lot and they'll call you and they'll turn the video on. And I'm like, oh, I don't have my camera hooked up to my computer. Yeah. Which is a lie if I'm using my Mac because it has a camera built in. But usually usually I'm using Skype on my PC anyway. So it's not a lie. I just... But it's like, hey, I don't really need to watch you. That's just sort of awkward. So yeah. my video phones never took off, you know. But anyway, for for uh, interviewing folks, um, promos, things like that, uh, I think that that five way video could be kind of cool, or maybe creating a message for your parents for Mother's Day or you know something. So yeah, five way video calling coming your way from Skype, and there's a link to that uh, in the show notes as well. So what is gist dot com? G i s t dot com. Gist dot com is really fascinating to me it's 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 sort of uh, like you know a high rise says no to everything yeah just sort of says yes to everything and so it can be very overwhelming but the the story here is that just.com which integrates with basically your gmail addresses it pulls all your gmail people and then it will go and buy their addresses find their social media links it will search the web for other connections to them so it'll automatically pull your Twitter, automatically pull your Facebook, and then you can take all those contacts you have. Let's say if you have you have a hundred, but it's only twenty five that you f- are really like people you want to keep up on. You can rank each person from scale one to a hundred and display only those people. So if I go to gist.com, I have it set so people who have seventy or higher in my ranking uh-huh. show up. I can see their I can see all their activity. So I can see their blog posts, I can see their Twitter, I can see their Facebook, uh, all their contact information, just like high rise. It also keeps track of all my email communication with those people automatically because it's integrated with my Gmail. So it happens sort of in the background. I don't have to forward emails to GIST like I have to forward emails to HiRise. It does it sort of automatically. Okay. Uh, so the, the incorporation with Gmail is they have, you know, as a lot of folks may or may not know, Google Apps opened this thing. So now you can integrate, um, I don't know what you call it, applications um, into Google Apps. So you can add other things to become part of your Google Apps suite. Um, so on your tab that says more, you would, you would have other applications. And one of them now is gist.com to where when I open a, a message from you, Cliff, at the bottom of the message, it will basically have um, your contact information and you know your latest Twitter message is what they actually show. And I can scan through and look at other tweets you've made recently. It has a little scroll thing. But one of the things I really like about it, Cliff, is because I have, and I, do, I don't know, I think, I think you enabled this, 
the ability to, um, with your Google Voice, it's a plug-in for your browser. Yes. You click on a phone number, it pulls up your Google Voice. Yes. Well, if I have, if I have your contact information in my GIST uh, profile, then I open up a Gmail uh, from you. At the bottom of that, it's going to have your contact information, including your phone number. So right. today with one of my clients in the state of Washington, I pulled up an old email from her and at the bottom of it had the gist, you know, little plug in. So it's just a little, about a two inch bar um, across the bottom of the message and it has her name, her email, and then her phone number. And I just clicked on the phone number and it called her via my Google Voice plugin. So it's sort of a cool way because I can stay in my Gmail and this is what I'm finding with more and more things I incorporate with my Gmail. I stay in my Gmail but then I can communicate with people. And, and I'm liking just a lot because it does a lot of work in the background. But I sent a tweet out today to their chief marketing person, I think. And I basically said, um, oh, I didn't even send it to him. I just wrote, just worries me because I don't, because they don't charge me any money. You know, that's, that was my, that's my main problem with them. Right. And he tweeted me back and he said, hey, if you have some questions, send me an email. So I sent him an email and he answered every single one of them. Uh, which is that he, in the third quarter of this year, they are going to have a paid plan and that they are not going to have offline capabilities, which is one of the things I like about Hi-Rise is they have an iPhone app. Um, he said, you know, we just don't, we don't see enough people offline enough to make it worthwhile to have that, to have that option. But um, right now it's free, so it doesn't hurt anything. You do have to be willing to give just access to your email client. But once they do, basically they, it's a two-way street. They, 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 they incorporate all your, connections between Gmail into their account. And um, I, I don't know, I, I'm, I'm seeing it as a little overwhelming right now, but if I could pare it down, then um, it, might be, it might be a replacement for high-rise. I'm not sure. Hmm. This is the second time I've heard you, or is this a, the service you were talking about? But I, th- I think this is the second time I've heard you say replacement for high-rise. Mm-hmm. All right. Is that right? Is this the second service in the last couple of weeks that you've said that about? No, no. This is the same service. Oh. Yeah, this is the same one. No, this is the same one. All right. Yeah. Yeah. And here's the problem with it is the, the beauty of Hi-Rise, and I was actually listening to um, one of their podcasts today about customer service, is like you, it's really hard to get confused in Hi-Rise because uh-huh. it's just clean. It's just, it's like, it, no, just like Apple's main website, you know, the most tabs they have on their main pages like seven or eight. Uh, I, when I spoke this weekend in Colorado for the Free Agent Academy event, I did some analysis of different websites and sort of the good and the bad. And so like at Microsoft's main website, if you hover over one of their tabs, you can get a drop down with, I'm not kidding, a hundred options. Wow. And you just hover over it and it's like pops up. It's, it's crazy. Just go there now go to Microsoft's homepage and you hover over one of their options and, and I'm, I'm not exaggerating. It's like a hundred options. Well, you go to Apple and you hover over any of their buttons and it's not, it doesn't, it'll change color, but it won't bring down that huge drop down. They make you click on it and it's because they're trying to keep things clean. And I think Hi-Rise does a spectacular job of keeping things clean because at some point, more information is not better. It's right. just confusing. Right. And that's where I'm trying to figure out how to configure just to where it's not as overwhelming because at some point it just looks like somebody threw up all over your screen with information. It's not helpful. You know what I mean? Well, you so, know, you know, you you were like the, when you say it's a replacement for for high rise. One thing that I recognize that's that's important to me when I think about you know this, we're talking about rela- you know managing relationships, right? Yeah. Um, when it comes down to it, high rise high rise does all the things you quote unquote have to have. 
Now, obviously, there would be a lot of great things they could add and would be neat to have and stuff like that. But when it comes down to it, what do you absolutely have to have to to maintain relationships? You know, you got to have the, you know, you want phone number. If you know their address, you'd like to have their address. You want their email. If you have a photo of them, it's kind of cool to have a photo, which, by the way, um, High Rise added a service a while back that, you know, if if this if the person happens to have their email associated to an online presence that they have an avatar for, it automatically mm-hmm. brings in their photos now for you. Uh, right. Did you right. know that? I did. Yes. I did. It's amazing how many people don't have avatars out there. Yeah. <laughs> So, but the but, thing is, yeah. is so I, I love that. Um, and then of course, you know, corresponding co- conversations, date, you know, people's birthdays and other kinds of, you know, upcoming tasks that you, and reminders, you can set yourself about things you've, you've had conversations with. All of that is there in high rise. And, and I think we remember when you and I talked about it in the past, one of the important things is, is the only way this thing can be successful is if you really invest heavily in putting the data in if you don't put the if you don't take the time to put the data in this means nothing and if you don't consistently use it in a systematic way it becomes useless and and it's not worth the money so mm-hmm. so my mm-hmm. question to you is is when you're looking into these new services what are your thoughts are, are you looking at just dumping everything you've done in high rise no one of the services i'm looking at actually will take all your high rise information and, and move it into theirs um and the other, which is GIST, would take care of, it basically tracks everything. And it's sort of this, it's sort of this, I'm sort of pulled into that because with Gmail, as, as we both know, unless you actually delete something, um, you know, it's going to remember it. It's going to be in your archive. And I love that about Gmail. I mean, we've talked about this before. We've had our love fest with Gmail that it just revolutionized how I do business. Right. I don't. There's just so many things I don't have to remember, and I don't even try to remember because I just know that it's right there in my Gmail. And that's sort of why I'm drawn to GIST is because um, it does a lot of the work for me to, to not have to forward um, you know, messages to high-rise and things like that. Um, so it's sort of this threaded, it's sort of threaded email within Gmail plus social media updates to where I'm seeing it as a place I could go a half hour in the morning and get updated on all the people that I want to be updated on. And then after that, it's just maintaining my, um, it's maintaining my contacts. So, you know, it's different than high rise in so many different ways. I don't know that it's really comparable. Okay. Cause I um, just heard you say that this is a, this may be a replacement for it might. Yeah, it might. It, it, it may be, um, it, it may not be, I haven't decided yet. The great thing is for now it's free. And so, you know, it doesn't cost anything to maintain it and I don't have to do any work to maintain it. I can just sort of have it sitting on the side and, and sort of dance with it. And and frankly, Cliff, this is one of those things where, you know, if I wasn't on this podcast, I would probably mess with it, but I wouldn't put as much thought into it. Right. Because, you know, I, I want to, I was talking to someone today and they said, well, I'm probably just going to p- buy your tutorial on this or that. I said, well, good, because I'm the guy that spends eight hours figuring it out so you can buy it for $100, you know? Right. And, and, and you've done the same thing. And, and part of, I think, my responsibility as co-host of the show is to go out and just check these things out for people. So, um, you know, I don't dislike Rise. I love the iPhone app part of it. Um, I, I, I love that company. It's obviously profitable. They're, they're not going anywhere for a long, long time. Um, and, and at the same time, I do feel like, Hey, I'm going to go out and try these different services 
just so I can say, avoid that one or, you know, consider that one if, you know, you want to have more social media integration, right. which high-rise doesn't. I mean, high-rise makes you put most of your information in outside of, you know, pulling an avatar or something like that. But, um, yeah, I think high-rise could have more, honestly. I would like a few more things. Oh, yeah. But it, at the end of the day, um, you know, I, I, I consider it part of my responsibility to, you know, keep looking at these services, not to waste my time, but to educate our listeners. So it's sort of frustrating sometimes. I wish I could just sort of let it go. But I do feel like, well, if this one's better, then I have to tell all the Business Tech Weekly people. So right. I, I, want, I want them to have the best, you know? Absolutely. Yeah, I, and I, I mean, want my clients to have the best too, who actually pay me money. But. Right. And, and for me, you know, I mean, I would love to have, you know, one of the things that's a frustration with Rise is I hate the fact that, you know, I add all of this contact information into Rise, but it doesn't sync over to my Google contacts. You yeah. Know, that that yeah. that's a frustration. You know, there there are some things that are frustrations. But what I've done is I've just understood that, you know, my official place for contacts yeah. is high rise, not yeah. not Google. So Google <laughs> may or may not get the information, but I know that it's going to be in high rise. And because high rise does have an application that allows me to even if I have off you know, even if I'm offline, it has the most recent sync of the information that is in my contact list. Right. So I, you know, right. I'm, I'm pretty happy with them overall, but you're, you're absolutely right. There's some things that they definitely aren't doing. They, they're very adamant about keeping things super simple. You know, it's like, well, gosh, if we if we sync with Google Calendar, we're going to have to sync with Outlook. We're going to have to sync with Yahoo Contact. I mean, who, who do, where do we tell people no? And mm-hmm. so I, I, I get that. And uh, with, with adding all that functionality and complexity, you, then all of a sudden, you know, are they c- keeping up with the core components that we rely on to do business. And so it, it's, it's a, it's a tough situation one way or the other, but uh, <clears throat> I'm glad there's somebody out there like you that is, that's cutting the teeth <laughs> on it because I certainly don't want to. <laughs> you're cutting your teeth on other stuff, dude. I, am. You, I, I know, I know you're out there trying other things and yeah, and, yeah. when it comes to social media stuff, that's I'm, I'm doing that all the time. But, but yeah. uh, when it comes to this business uh, contact list, I, 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 I'm still brand new to the whole newsletter and and the content or yeah the uh, contact management software uh but i'll tell you what i found the two things that i love to do and i love mailchimp and i love high rise and man mm-hmm. they are helping me like nothing else yeah In- yeah mailchimp's a phenomenal company they they do a they do just a great job with their social media too they are they are on the ball when it comes to you know the, the, to Twitter, that's for sure. Talking about technology for just a second, uh, Andy, if you go to podcastanswerman.com, um, I will tell you, I have seen a huge jump in my subscriptions for my mailing list. I mean, massive jump. And all I did was over on the right-hand side, you can see it, there's a little uh, graphic that kind of matches my header. And it oh, says, yeah, I saw that. Podcast, Join the list. Yeah, Podcast Answer Man mailing list. And yeah. just putting that on the side of the bar, I mean, it just it's unbelievable how many people yeah. click that thing and put it on there. And well, I really like your GS. That one's actually a little more subtle than your gspn.tv mailing list. That one stands out a little bit more. Yeah. I'm glad it's working for you. Obviously, it is. But yeah. Yeah. yeah well, well done. And, and, I, and again, something else great about MailChimp is just the way that once you click on that button, how customized that is, you yeah. know, with your logo. And so they... 
They know what they're doing. Exactly. They're, that, they're, that's a great example of a business that gives you a lot of options but doesn't overwhelm you. Right. You know what I mean? Yep. So you, you can do a lot, but you don't have to do a lot. So. Exactly. There you go. All righty. What's right. next, my friend? Well, I'm going to do a quick sidebar, which is sort of, um, it's funny I call it a sidebar, but I did download that app. I, I jumped on this morning while you were doing help. I got a Mac and I said I was going to download that external monitor. Yeah. How do you uh, like it? For my iPad. I, I like it a lot. Um, and, it, and what we're talking about is an app called Air Display, two words, Air Display. And essentially, it turns your iPad into an external monitor over a Wi-Fi network. So for my MacBook, uh, if I wanted to set my iPad right next to it, which I usually do, I can, I can basically use it as an external display. I can drag things over to it. I can uh, type and it'll show up. I mean, it is an external monitor, but also it maintains, my iPad maintains its touchscreen capability. So, you know, I can touch the screen if I want to, but I can also use my mouse to control whatever's on that screen. And, you know, that's one of the great things about the iPad. It's big enough that it, it is sort of a nice, small secondary monitor. So on my 13-inch MacBook Pro, you know, I don't necessarily want to plug in an external monitor all the time, uh, a larger one. So just to keep things simple, and it only cost me $10, basically, to turn my iPad into an external monitor, um, you know, it, it works over the Wi-Fi network. So it's a little quirky in that I think my MacBook Pro has to be also on the Wi-Fi network. So what happened today was I plugged in my Ethernet cable to my MacBook Pro while I was at my desk, and then I tried to use the Air Display app, and it wasn't working because I think my MacBook has to be on Wi-Fi and also my iPad on the Wi-Fi. Uh, and because okay. my MacBook wasn't on Wi-Fi, Air Display is like, wait a minute, you're not sharing a Wi-Fi network. I'm going, oh, I guess you're right. I'm not sharing a Wi-Fi network because my MacBook wasn't on Wi-Fi. So just a couple little things like that. But, but really, honestly, if you usually have your iPad sitting right next to you and you're not using it, like Cliff, I know you, you have different apps open, right? Or All different, the time, yeah. Right? So you, you use it uh, you know, on a regular basis for its, with its current capabilities. You use apps on the iPad and that's helpful for you. But if you find yourself with the sort of your iPad just sitting there, as I, I have, uh, because I also do most of my work on my, on my PC still, that to my side, I can have my MacBook Pro and I can have that other monitor. So for 10 bucks, and again, I felt like, hey, I want to I try it out for Business Tech Weekly listeners. And if anyone has mercy on me, they can send me the 10 bucks. But uh, you don't have to because it was worth it. So uh, I, w- I was quite pleased, quite pleased with how it works. And apparently there's a couple other apps that, that tried to do this, Cliff, and they just bombed. I mean, they were just, right. they were just horrible. Right, right out of the gate, there was one. I know Engadget when they first, and it was like the first app or second app they reviewed, and it was just like a horrible, horrible mess. So, so this me, one is I slick. Let me ask you this: You said it still has the touchscreen capabilities, so you can kind of mute, mouse around and stuff like that, and click on things. Uh huh. Do you can you actually t- click on something and it bring, brings on the on-screen uh, keyboard? Uh, no, I think at that point. You are, uh, you you have you have to interface through whatever whatever keyboard you have because it turns itself into a monitor. It's not it's within one app, right? And it is with, um, yeah. But, I mean, I guess I don't know because mostly today I was using it for iTunes, so I just brought over iTunes and I was you know changing but, between songs through the screen. But you, I but mean, I haven't tapped in a text area. So you to, didn't ch- tap in the little uh, search area right. on iTunes to see if it would work. 
That'd be interesting. If, if it did that, I would buy it for sure because I know one practical use that I could see using this for. Every now and then we'll have a third or fourth person in the studio who will be mm-hmm. here during a live show. And it'd be great to be able to open up like Chrome and put it on that little browser and have them be able to watch and see the chat room. And it'd be cool if they could get in and type in the chat room right from the iPad's little external display. Right. Could that they do... Neat. Let me see. I'm testing it right now. He's testing no, it's, right now. It's, it's not bringing up the keyboard. So okay. I would say that it's... it's Unless you have a Bluetooth keyboard, obviously, um, then you're not going to... Um, right. Yeah. Sorry, I'm multitasking. That's yeah, right. unless you have a Bluetooth keyboard, it's not gonna it's not gonna do both. But um I like it for ten bucks to make my iPad an external monitor and actually have it work. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it it's pretty awesome. And, so. and and what what size MacBook do you have? Did you get the thirteen inch? Yeah, thirteen. You told me to get thirteen inch. Yeah, no, no, that's great. That, I, I was gonna say with a thirteen inch MacBook, I could totally see using this as a secondary display. Yeah. I I, yeah. Def, I definitely see that. And so. where I'm going to use it the most, Cliff, is when I go to a coffee shop, uh-huh. and and I and I have both of these devices, and I want to be monitoring something, but I want to be working in one. I mean, I I literally have four screens in front of me right now. It's sort of ridiculous. I mean, I have my two main monitors, and then I have my MacBook and my iPad, so I have four screens in front of me. But when I want to be portable, I'll either just take my iPad, or I'll take my MacBook with my iPad and use my iPad as the external monitor. So, um. Yeah, I, I can see some different uses for it, but if you want to be more of a road warrior, more productive, and be like me, where I'm addicted to two monitors, <laughs> then by all means, uh, you know, break out the break out that app. It's a good one. I used to be addicted to two monitors, and then the world. Now, of, addic- now the world. Addic- now you're addicted to one big Mac, right? One big 27 inch Mac, man. I'll tell you what. Well, uh, that's, that's two of my monitors. So that's I, why it's 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 amazing. Ah, goodness. Let's see here. Getting quality client customer feedback. What do you got there? Well, that's sort of the show topic as we get into it 55 minutes into the show. But <laughs> <laughs> We're only 49 minutes and 43 oh, seconds. 49. Okay, that's how long our we call ten was. So we, 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 main, we, we got 10 minutes to cover the main topic. We got 10 minutes. Yeah, let's go for it. Well, <laughs> I'll just give you, I'll give you the, the topic I wanted to talk about today was for business owners to use technology to get quality customer feedback. And this really came out of, I was listening, like I said, to a 37 Signals podcast and they were interviewing a couple of their customer service agents. And 37 Signals only allows email customer service. You can't call them. They won't answer or there's no phone number or whatever. And they talked about the pros and cons. But it reminded me of, Cliff, where you and I have tried to train our followers, and we mean that in a nice way, okay, train our tribe to communicate with us in certain channels and not communicate with us in others just because we can't, we don't want to be everywhere checking every channel all the time. Right. So what 37 Signals has done, and they're not perfect, but they're smart, uh, is they've trained their clients to only use email. Right. And they said they did that for a few reasons. And so I thought, hey, let's just talk about how to get client and customer feedback and be available, but what are the right ways to do that? So first one I thought of was to have a custom phone number. Uh, you know, you can, you don't necessarily have to have a 1-800 number anymore. And that's where Google Voice comes into play. It didn't make our top 10 tools for tech startups or business, small business startups. It was actually number 11, I think we decided. But having a Google Voice number allows you to have something like 605-610-TECH, which is mine, you know, T-E-C-H. So you can have that custom phone number 
So when you want to have people reach you, it's another opportunity for you to brand yourself. So that's the easiest one, I think, is just to have that that phone number. And again, having a 1-800 or 888 number, I, I don't know what you think, Cliff, but I think it's sort of unnecessary at this point. Yeah. What, what do you think? I, th- I think a majority of anybody out there has a cell phone these days and cell phones almost always include uh, unlimited long distance at no additional charge other than what you've already paid for your airtime. So. Right. So that's a, that's the easy one. The next one I was thinking about, and again, this might be kind of basic for some, but others it might be, oh yeah, I should do that, is to have a custom email address, a feedback, such as feedback at gspn.tv. Right. Um, you know, have a separate email address. And the reason is, one, on your end, uh, as the business owner, that you can separate them out. And two, it makes the customer feel like, okay, this is where I send it to, you know, whether it's customer service or help at or whatever that is. There's, all, there's almost this weird, like, emotional thing like, okay, I'm sending in feedback or, okay, I'm asking for help. You know, this person's going to help me. Why? Because it's not Mike at, it's actually help at. So when you ask for help, you sort of assume you're going to get it back. So... Go ahead and set up another email address if you haven't already. And the next thing I wanted to say is, you know, please tell me either in that when you know on your page when I should expect to hear back, or within the autoresponder. A lot of people have autoresponders. Tell me how soon I can expect to hear back. I don't mind you if you have an autoresponder, but you know, one, make it personal. Say something like, "Hey, you obviously sent us an email because there's something wrong." First, that stinks. Second, we want to fix it, so you can expect to hear back from us in the next you know, one to two business days. If you don't hear back from us, you know, something's wrong, <laughs> you know. Uh, you know, so autoresponders are fine and good, but one, make it personal, and two, tell me when you're going to get back with me. That That's important to me as a customer. And I've just had these interactions in the last few weeks. So that's why it, it's sort of top of mind. And then, you know, I've seen people say, hey, if, if you'd like to, your answer to your question might be in our frequently asked questions section, so check that if you want. You know, that's fine, but don't lead with that because I get very frustrated because I'm smart enough to go to the frequently asked questions section first. So if I go to the FAQ and I don't get help, then I'll email you. And if I go to trouble emailing you and then you email me back and say, hey, did you check the FAQs? I'll be like, yeah, I did. So you can add that in there. And a lot of people may not have a frequently asked questions section, but it's not that hard to, to build one. Just take your frequently asked questions and put them on a web page. And you know what I, I plan on doing is actually taking my frequently asked questions and instead of making it boring text, because I, to be honest with you, Andy, I have never in my life ever read a frequently asked questions website. You'll read the manual and all I, the legal mumbo, but you won't read a FAQ. I, I've, never read, I've never read a manual either. Seriously. Well, you read the fine print. I don't even read that. I don't. You I, read fine print of, oh, I gotta, I have to go back and. What you did, record yourself, so I'm sure there's one. There was something you. Oh, what was it? Seriously, I read uh, something. There's some. I know there was a Vimeo thing too. Oh, that's uh, because somebody made me read it. Yeah, they they <laughs> said, "Dude, read this," and I went and read it, and I'm like, "Yep, yep, sure enough." Oh, I know, Cliff. I know. What? I know what it was. Check writer. Oh yes, I did read <laughs> that one because I was afraid that it was a scam. I know. It's funny. Okay. I think Check Rider is going to go down as our funniest episode that ever. Was, that was great. Oh. It's the only episode that we tried to convince people is totally worthwhile, but yet everything about it looks and smells Lame. like a scam. It's the lamest, <laughs> cheesiest 1988 website lookingest thing ever. But and we you should use it. it. We endorse it wholly. <laughs> you uh, should own it now. So, that is anyway. funny. I'm still printing so, yeah. checks left and right. I've, matter of yeah. fact, I've got, I've, dude, I've got emails in my inbox that says, 
Cliff, $750, check number 4515. I'm like, I just, I need, I need time to print them things. That's a beautiful problem. <laughs> yeah, a, after I get done with the show, I have to go talk to a client and get some, get some checks. So that's a beautiful thing. Anyway, check writer. So you have read those. Yes, I do I, read every now case. and then. Thank you. Thank okay. You. you caught me. You caught me. I do remember reading that one. But, uh, it. you, yes, you got it. But, uh, you know, can I just going back to the feedback or the email thing? Can I just say that yeah. I am at the point now where I'm actually considering splitting off, uh, one of my fee- uh, emails. Uh, and the reason why is because I'm just getting so overwhelmed with email and I'm trying to prioritize my time and energy. What I, well, right now, every, if you email me at Cliff at podcastanswerman.com, Cliff at ravenscraft.org, Cliff at gspn.tv, feedback at gspn.tv, forum at gspn.tv. You, any e- email address anywhere on the world that has anything to do with me all ends in one email box. Uh-huh. All right? Um, and that's because I don't want to be checking tons of different email boxes. But I'm, I think what I'm about ready to do is actually generate... I'm actually... I think I'm ready to create a separate email account for feedback at gspn.tv so that when you email me there, you will get an autoresponder and it will mm-hmm. say, hey, thank you for sending email to feedback at gspn.tv. This is the email account uh, that that is for submitting uh, comments, questions, thoughts related to our shows. Just so you know, we prefer audio feedback and it's always going to be, you know, audio calls always take priority right. over that. If you're looking to get your thoughts and stuff into the show, uh, it, it's almost guaranteed if you call that you'll get your thoughts in. However, uh, you know, this, you know, email is a backup source when we don't have enough audio feedback, you know, and, it, and it'll have an automated response that's very personal and stuff like that. And it's a, but but it's got to say something like, you know, if you, you know, I only check this email once a week, Thursday mornings at 5 a.m. You know, this, it does not get looked at. If you're looking for a response from, you know, Cliff personally, please email him at cliff at ravenscraft.org or something like that. Mm -hmm. Because what's happening is my, my inbox, I've got so, I'm getting so many people quote unquote emailing me feedback for shows. And I really am having a hard time finding a place to copy and paste those emails so that you know they're all in the right place. Does that make sense? Yeah. It, they they sit in my email inbox until I finally cover cover them in the show. Well, Cliff, if you were writing a book, you would be really happy with all those, but you're not. You're a podcaster. <laughs> so the point of it is, it doesn't fit in with your workflow. It, it, it you work with audio most of the time, right? Um, and so it just makes a whole lot of sense to send a, a responder back that says, "Hey, um, the good news is." that, you know, you, you have something to say and we appreciate it. The bad news is the media that you used or the form was uh, text and we prefer audio. So if you could just call this number and read your question, it's much more likely to get addressed right. and much more quickly, you know? Yeah. And I wouldn't be turned off by that, you know? Uh, I just think you have to make sure that that email goes back to the person with their original email, but uh, I think most people would be able to figure that out. Yeah, and, so, and and maybe it's just phrasing things differently. It's not yeah. send feedback to. It's hey, if you want to know how to send feedback to, or you know, whatever. I don't know. Maybe maybe you just well, know, you because know, because you're right. You don't you don't want text. Well, you know? the thing is, is I st- I don't want to I don't want to actually say that because I do still want to interact with some folks who contact me through the podcast with feedback on something that I said that they don't necessarily want read in a show. 
It's just that I want to only address those kind of things once a week. Whereas instead of on a daily basis, you know, you know, hitting those, you know, I, yeah. I, I kind of, th- yeah. that's what I'm looking to do. I, I want to separate those out because like I, I've actually scheduled uh, my social media inbox zero. So like I have Facebook inbox zero, Ning inbox zero, Twitter inbox zero. Those are scheduled for Friday mornings. So I like if, if free agent Academy, 48days.net, if you send me a personal message in those or Facebook, if you send me a message using one of those services, I will not get that until Friday morning mm-hmm. because that's when I check those messages. And that's, right. and that's what I think I want to do. The only thing is, is I hate is that, you know, when I love being able to search and, and art and, and being able to, you know, archive all these places. But now it's like, Oh, let me search for that email. Cause I know I had that conversation and then it's like, Oh, let me log out of here and let me go check in my feedback at GSPN account. Mm. Uh, so those are, man, I, I know this sounds crazy, but these are the tough questions that I have to ask. You know, am I okay with the fact that, <laughs> that all this archived information is going to be split up into two areas? Yeah. Well, no, it's, you're not crazy because, again, it was on a 37 Signals podcast that they were talking to, to just two of their support team. And I think they only have like 13 people on staff. So um, they don't have a ton of support people. But they said, you know, we stopped using Gmail because because... Uh, we ran out of room. They're like we we're like the only people in the world that ran out of room on a Gmail account. I'm, so I, they end up using I was they a, end up using something called Zendesk, which is a customer service management. Oh, I like um, that tool. So I'm at I was at ninety seven percent again on of my <laughs> of my eight gig again today, and I had to go in and dump about fifty five uh, email attachments. Nice to free up some more space on my Gmail. I guess yeah. I might have to just break out the wallet and pay them. Yeah, Jeez, seriously, dude. I'm telling you, <laughs> it's either you're so generous in some areas. In some areas, I'm like, dude, it's I know. fifty bucks. I know. I'm a miser in some areas. That's all I can say. Cool. When it when it comes That's to Google, a, no. it's like Google. You got so much money. Come on, do you really need fifty <laughs> okay, bucks a month? Okay, big bad Google. You know, someone has to send a money, Cliff. I know. It's not like they're just taking your money. They will actually give you more space. So. I, I know they will. I know. <laughs> it, it's so funny the double standard that I have at times. Well, you're you're a human. I know. Uh, hey, how much longer do we have till that run, that song runs out? Uh, I can tell you exactly one minute, and, or no, two, right. no, 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 two minutes and seventeen seconds. All right. Well, let me be quick on this. The last the last bit I want to share with people about having good client or customer service contacts is if you want to have a presence on a social network and you want to have uh, use it for feedback, I would encourage you to use Twitter. Uh, one because it'll automatically update you via Hootsuite, things like that. Uh, versus Facebook fan pages are harder to get updates. You actually have to go and check it. But the other is it keeps people who are complaining or have questions, it keeps them short. They only have 140 characters. Like and that. please, please, if you have a quote-unquote listening station, please monitor it. I sent a question to a company, Quest actually, and they never, they never answered me. And I also complained about Wellmark, Blue Cross, Blue Shield, uh, and they heard me they actually reached out to me, an individual did, because I complained about them online. And so just be monitoring your brand on Twitter. And if you're going to have a help out there, please actually use it to help people. That's all I ask. You don't have to be perfect. No one's perfect. But if you're going to be on Twitter and say you're going to help people, then then be listening and use that. And if you want to know how to do it better, then you can hire me and I'll teach you. There you go, my friends. Definitely do it. Andy's worth every penny he charges and then some. Thank you. Be an elephant. 
Give him a call. <laughs> I do. I will take elephants. Yes. All right, folks. Thank you for subscribing to Business Tech Weekly. You guys totally rock and make our world go around just by listening to us yammer on about technology and indecisiveness about which place to manage all of our relationships online and stuff like that. And we just thank you for uh, tuning in. And of course, we want to hear your feedback. Again, the phone number, you can give us a call at any time, day or night, 24 hours a day. That's 859-795-4067. 859-795-4067. And you know, Andy, a lot of people here know who Dan Miller is, right? I'd love should. I'd love people to go to podcastanswerman.com and listen to episode 161, which uh, was a huge honor for me. So go check that out. And until next time, join the community.